This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. The time for practice is over. The curtain is about to rise on yet another Skybet League 2 campaign. But can this be the one that's placed in the history books under the headline, Promotion? As pre-season comes to a close, it appears that Clough has the same old worries over injuries ahead of the season opener at Crewe. But will his tightening at the back be enough to bolster the attack? Or with the window still open, do we need to reach out for one or two more? Tonight on the Mansfield Matters podcast, we'll reflect on pre-season and look ahead to what is arguably the toughest league to escape from in recent years, asking you the ultimate question, are we ready? As always, feel free to get involved with your comments, questions and opinions in the live feed on the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast, proud to be part of the TalkSport fan network. 46 games, 4,140 minutes and just one objective, promotion. Here we go again then, together in hope. and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. It's great to be back, episode two of series seven, and with the brand new season just a few days away now, well, we're all getting excited to talk all things Mansfield Town. We're back virtual for this week, uh, going all over the land to speak to people all about our beloved Mansfield Town. As always, we want to hear from you guys as well. So if you've got anything to say, make sure you get involved in the comments and have your say on your team. We want to hear it here on the Mansfield Matters podcast uh, tonight. Look, joining me um, to talk all things Mansfield Town, let's say hello and good evening to the man who is more better known for begging people for shirts and basically spending all of his daughter's future inheritance on uh, shirts. It's Nick of Mansfield Town Shirts. So how are you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. You? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Good to see you again in the. Uh, where are we? Are we in the 
half past the garage or are we in the nearly wallpapered living room tonight? No, Where are we? You're in the, the garage is plastered, but the Wi-Fi is at its extremity. So I've moved into the half refurbished and currently unplastered, awaiting plaster living room. Well, we're getting there. You know what Wi-Fi is like with the Mansfield Masters podcast. So wise choice. Uh, one man who uh, is in his usual place, just outside his kitchen with his headset on, it's Mr. Clive Parkin. Good evening. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, Nick. I can confirm that I am completely plastered. Absolutely. As always, we'll expect absolutely nothing else. Uh, we'll hopefully be having Cam joining us in a little while as well. Uh, but for now, it's just us three. And of course, you guys at home. So please feel free to come and say hello and have your say on your team in the comments on the show for the fans, by the fans. Well, there's only one place to start. And that is, of course, if you've missed the news in the last couple of hours or so, that Nigel Clough has added to the ranks earlier today. Uh, this is the statement from the official club website. Mansfield Town delighted to announce the signing of defender Aidan Flint on a one-year contract with the option of a further season. The six-foot-six centre-back joins the club following the expiration of his loan contract at Skybet Championship side Sheffield Wednesday. Originally from Pinkston, Flint achieved promotion with the Owls via the playoffs last season. The 34-year-old began his career at Pinkston before joining Alfton Town, where he enjoyed a three-year spell between 2008 and 2011. In January 2011, he then signed for Swindon Town, achieving promotion to Skybet League Two uh, in 2012. Flint then joined Bristol City in 2013, and the side's latest edition recorded an impressive 36 league goals during his 209 league appearances in five seasons at Ashton Gate and helped the club to promotion to the Championship also winning the EFL Trophy in the same season, 2014-15. His success in Bristol led to a multi-million pound transfer from Middlesbrough in 2018, where after a year in the North East, he signed for Cardiff City in July 2019, making 93 appearances in the Welsh capital. The centre-half then landed a move uh, on loan to Sheffield Wednesday in October 2020, before joining the club again on loan in 2022, having joined Stoke permanently in the summer of 2022. Flint played nine times for Stoke last season before making a further 21 appearances at Sheffield Wednesday, ultimately helping the Owls gain promotion to the Championship. Um, Nick, obviously a vastly experienced uh, defender in Aidan Flint, one who we know all about from his time at Alfton and then uh, Swindon and a few other clubs as well. It is a big signing on the dawn of the season, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's. Uh, you can't see anything other than a real positive for me. He's... Uh... He's experienced, he's big, he's strong, he's, he's everything that we wouldn't want to come up against for me. Um, and it gives us three really good, and there's other backups, but three really good centre-back options. Really hope he doesn't then decide to go five at the back. That's for another day. I'm not talking about that today. Um, but yeah, fantastic. I, you've got to look at, you know, people looked at the McGoldrick signing at County, you know, that's as big for me. Somebody like that at the back is a, is a really big signing for, for us, I think. And we've, as good as we've been last season scoring goals, you know, we all know our Achilles heels normally at the back, isn't it? It always is. We normally score goals eventually. There's always a problem at the back. But hopefully you can um, see them tight with him and, uh, and kill goal would be an, uh, a bit of an unbelievable partnership for me at this level. One man who's been buzzing all day about it has been non-stop in the chat. So I'm surprised he was late to the podcast, to be fair. He's come forward. Well, hello, good evening. Are you there? I'm going to take that as a no. <laughs> <laughs> I can see his lips moving, but I can't hear him speak. I'm sure he'll come come back at some point. Uh, Clive, it is a, a big signing, isn't it? You know, we we, we were pleased enough with the signing of, um, of of Cargill and then Williams, but to add a defender of um, 
Aidan Flint's experience and stature and also goal, score, goal scoring exploits, it's a really, really uh, bold signing from Nigel Clough and the Radfords. It's a class signing. I would imagine we've had to work very hard to secure it. Um, and hats off to the club for pursuing him. It, it shows a, a distinct ambition that sometimes we don't think exists, but I think that demonstrates that it does. <coughs> My only confusion about the whole thing is we've got already two good central defenders. Um, where does he fit? Are we going to run three central defenders? Well, maybe this is the, the, the big debate, isn't it? Uh, Cam's just messaged saying to count him out because Reese increased cash What he needs to do is he needs to stop going on silly adult websites and, you know, doing things and then his internet might work. If he, if he stops going on these silly websites and being a silly boy, you might be able to come on the podcast. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's have a look at some more, some more of your comments. Uh, Lee says, great signing. Paul says, evening, gents. Great business done by the club over the last few weeks. Only two sleeps to go. Uh, Glenn says, great signing. Brilliant. Um, Adam says, Aidan, Alfie and Arthur Cargill. I don't think any opposition strike force will be successful. On the fence uh, with behind pre-season fitness, um, George Williams. It's an interesting one. I think that the biggest debate, Nick, is that uh, of, of the system now that he's brought um, Flint in. Personally, I like what Lee's just said in the comments, it gives us options for formations and will be a massive threat in both boxes. But I think for now, there's a danger, isn't there, of being tempted to go with five at the back straight away. Let's get him in. Let's get him in that, that back four and let's, let's have some competition for places because we're solid at the back. We need to be more ruthless in attack. And the only way we're going to do that is to continue with that front three or with the front two with Keeler Dunn just behind. Yeah, I, th I think he's going to have to manage that you know, three decently big personalities fighting for two spots. The problem is, if you go to five at the back, you've got three centre-backs, one gets injured, you've then got no cover again, you go back to square one. I think you need to leave those two together. Whoever you pick, stick with them until they sort of make start making loads of mistakes and, and stick with it. For me, it'd be Kilgore and um, and Flint, depending on mm. Flint's fitness, which I assume is pretty good. Um, and yeah, competition for plays. Like Lee said, if, you, if you're away from home, we need to go five at the back, it's a brilliant option. And, and again, it, up front in the box, you, you couldn't ask for... Two worst players in opposition trying to head the ball, Flint and Kilgore for me. That's and, and Clough really spoke up Cargill, I thought, in his interview. He said that we missed him in various friendlies. So he obviously likes him as well. He's got the left footed option. Um so we've we've got some really good options at the back now. Um and I think that's only a positive, um, hopefully from starting on Saturday. Uh, actually go on, Clive, sorry. Go on. I say it's in stark contrast to eighteen months ago when we had a central <laughs> defender to, to shake your stick at. I mean, we've we've gone from famine to feast. We did have one. We just kept playing him up front. Yes. And then, funnily, we kept playing one up front at the back. Yeah. Fun times. Uh, Ashley in the comments has, has mentioned our, our friend, Mr Perch. She says, James Perch, any news? Well, well, Clive, to be honest, I think given the signing today, I think that closes the door on, uh, on any playing role for James Perch because I think that's where, what Clough was almost holding on to. Unless he was he, he was sort of having Flint in his considerations with Perch potentially staying as well, but I don't see it now. I think it's died that one. Uh, I think uh, it, I, there's an awful lot of sense in retaining Perch um, on a, a a player coach type yeah. contract. Um, 
and he, he becomes more valuable as a coach if he can be registered as a player and he can do the job when required. Whether we would now want to invest in someone in that situation, having spent what I guess is fairly reasonable money mm. um, to secure, I know it's a free transfer, but I'm imagining the other costs are quite impressive for this guy. So I don't know. I think maybe what it does mean is Perch has not been prepared to, to join into that uh, that vision. That doesn't mean to say he won't be at the club in some capacity, but I don't know. I think he, he may have another iron in another fire somewhere. Yeah, and I think it also it dispels the potential move for uh, for Mr. Freeman as well. Obviously, he's, he played at Matlock on Tuesday night. Clough said he'd been at a League One club for a week, but it didn't quite turn out. He's, he's emphasised time and time again that he's just training is not likely to, to be a deal there. Yeah, I think my only disappointment with that is that the games that Freeman's played since the first one, where he said then categorically wouldn't play, could have been filled by a young lad who could have probably had a... Yeah, you know, a spell in a game when it's probably more useful to him than, than him. But he's obviously close to him in some way. He's worked with him a lot, hasn't he? But mm. looking now, we've got Flint. Do we need him? Probably not, do we? So it's probably just be another wage that we don't need. Yeah, and I think what it also does as well, it, it gives that option for Cargill to move a little bit wider to cover maybe at left back if McDonald's not fit and McLaughlin's not fit. I think we've, we've got a real good option in defence now. And I don't want to bang on too much about strikers because I do have a, a real good feeling that James Gale is going to become a real shining star for us. But the amount of resource that we've put into bolstering that defence, I do wonder if we've slightly tipped the other way and we should have just added... It's like we've, we've built a brick wall, but we've got no one at the other end to, to smash it so down. You, what you've got to remember, Craig, is we by the margin of one goal conceded sometime in the season... We were denied a, a participation in the playoffs. But you could also uh, argue that it's, it's one goal. Well, one you goal could accept that we were joint, we were joint leading scorers in the league. So I yeah. think we could, we scored enough goals. The argument has got to be solid that says we conceded too many. And you and I were witnessed some sloppy goals, and they weren't just necessarily goals that turned the result, but goals that didn't emphasise the win. You know, we were down at Swindon and we we conceded a an early goal because we hadn't woken up and a late goal because we'd gone to sleep. If either of those hadn't gone in, then it would have been us and not Salford in the playoffs. These are all ifs and buts. I think Clough has got a very serious determination mm. to be defensively solid. Given what he's had to work with over the last two seasons, I don't blame him for that. And I also think we have enough firepower if it works. Yeah, I think the, 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 the big thing there is that if it works, and then the other thing, Nick, is, is staying injury-free, isn't it? Because already we've sort of seen a few knocks and niggles. I guess it's just about that little bit of luck, which is a horrible word to, to be talking about on the eve of a season. Yeah, it definitely is down to luck a little bit. I mean, the, the one flying exemplar I have is Lucas Aikens. I mean, I'd love to... I can't remember him ever getting injured. I don't know whether he has. I'm sure he has missed a game, but I can't remember any, him ever having an interview where he said Aikens is out injured. He's just... You know, if the players could sort of model their fitness around whatever he does during the week, because he he's like a machine, isn't he? He just doesn't get injured. He runs for 90 minutes, he never comes off. Then he runs the next game, and never comes off. Um, but it is down to luck with injuries in the end, I suppose. But without injuries, we wouldn't have uh, unearthed James Gale. So there is always positives and swings around. You know, Gale would Gale would have been out on loan somewhere, wouldn't he, if he hadn't have had yeah. the injury he had last season, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think. I think if we can keep a solid team, like you're saying, stay injury-free up front, I think we'll be okay. Um, 
I think we'll be all right with what we've got. Yeah, I think, you know, it's like Paul Cox once said, Clive, isn't it? That success is built on strong foundations and those foundations come very much from the back. And if you look now at our back line in comparison to, to this time last season, you know, Callum Johnson's an equipped right back who can get up and down the flanks. Alfie Kilgore, solid centre-half. Again, Aidan Flint, been there, done it. George Williams, been there, done it. Um, Bailey Cargill, been there, done it. Callum McDonald, excellent uh, option down that left-hand side as well. We, we really have improved our defensive options and, and put those foundations in place. And of course, it feels like we're, we're buying a, a solid house now rather than a, one build on, a, on some new build stands. Yeah, and don't forget, one of the signings that we've taken on board has got to be in, mindful of the fact that we've lost our player of the season for the last two years mm. until at least February. My view on that is it's not like he's not likely to figure at all in the season. I think if he's if he's uh, out of treatment in February, he's going to take another at least another month to become match fit, and by then it might not be a good time to start changing the team. Hopefully, because it's a winning team. Mm. And of course, he got McLaughlin as well on his on a recovery pass. So we've got two flank two flank defenders there that uh, you'd want in your team. All things being equal, so we are well equipped to the back now. Yeah, and I, I think Nick as well that bringing Flint in more in, most importantly does give us that extra little bit of cover down the right hand side because we can now shuffle players across. Because prior to you know a couple of hours ago when we signed him, the only out and out right back he was potentially available because of other players was Callum Johnson but now he's got a little bit of competition because you'll have Aaron Lewis pushing you'll have George Williams who can play there as well all pushing to you know try and get a start and to get a shirt for once we seem to do have two players in each position plus then somebody else who can play there which is obviously the ideal and not just having one full back and hoping that one of your strikers might just bob back there um, you know if you look at, at, at right back as an emergency Aikens has played and now I know he's he, was, he wasn't great there, but it wasn't his fault. But yeah, we've got options all over the place, I think, now. For once, I feel like we've got, you know, when you draw those maps of the pitch that people do and post them on Twitter, that way you've got like yeah. two in each position. For once, it genuinely looks like we actually have. Um, yeah. Testament to, I would suggest, the last two windows have been targeted recruitment. I think the windows before that were a bit like, oh, he's a good player, let's sign him. Oh, he's a good player, let's sign him. I think somebody's had a word with somebody in January, and I don't know whether it was Clive on this podcast and they happened to listen. Um, but January window and this window have been two of the most impressive targeted windows. Now, regardless of the players are any good, I don't know yet, but they're very targeted signings, which is what we should be doing and not just buying players because they're half decent, whether they fit in the team or not. It doesn't really work at this level. Or because they played for Burton. Or because they played for Burton and maybe drove past the ground once. Or Sheffield, Sheffield United is a good or Sheffield United or Derby. Derby at a push. Derby's academy, you tend to get a trial, don't you? But, but um, going back, going back to the latest signing, what I do like is a local lad as well. So yeah. I'm guessing his his heart's somewhere in the East Midlands, and he probably lives still lives in the East Midlands. These all make sense at lower league football clubs. You know, yeah, it's I mean, all right signing somebody who's got to travel hundreds of miles to a game. They they are going to find it very very, very tiring and, and and discomforting for the family setup that they obviously all have. Yeah, which is you know we've we've seen it with a number of players previously, haven't we? And that's a very good point to lead me nicely on to when we're talking about targeted recruitment and the recruitment strategy. We've not just handed a year out here or there. We have built and continue to build a, a squad foundation. You look at the contract length, you know. 
Christy Pym signs a two-year deal. Callum McDonald, two-year deal. Both one-year options. Bailey Cargill, exactly the same. Will Swan, three-year, one-year option. Stephen Quinn, one-year extension. Aaron Lewis, George Williams, similar setup. Aidan Flint, again, one-year contract because of his age, but the one-year option. We've got options on, on pretty much everybody, and what we've done is given the contract length based on age, experience, ability, and it does feel like forward planning rather than it just being season by season by season. I think that's probably um, a real key factor and a key point of what they set out to do in that uh, recruitment uh, recruitment drive, Nick. Yeah, it's definitely been targeted. It looks it looks that way. Like I say before then, it certainly wasn't. Um, but January, I think, was the turning point where Kilgore was the first signing for me that I thought somebody's actually looked at what we needed and gone, yes, I'll buy him. You know, I, I think of middle of seasons where we signed, where we were, we were in the playoffs and we signed like Nicky or Jose when we didn't really need him. And players like that who came in because they were good players and were available, and but they just upset the dynamic of the team. Whereas I think somebody looked at Kilgore and thought he's exactly what we need. And Keeler Dunn was exactly what we needed, losing Lapsley. That creative link between the midfield and the front line. I think when you are when you're under sorry when a club's underperforming because of it's being under strength due to injuries, which is a real experience of this football club of ours for the last eighteen months, you do tend to buy not in panic, but simply because you've got to fill a space. Yeah. And I think Hartigan was one of those types of acquisitions. I couldn't make sense of it then. I don't see where he fits in the side a great deal now. And I feel for the lad because he's on a career path that's, that's likely to be a bit of a, a side street for the time being. I also feel for Jordan Bowery because I think he will now become a bit part player. Um, and But he is he does fit the essential criteria of being able to play anywhere that he's asked to. Yeah, that is that is very true. Um, on the uh, Hartigan thing, I wholeheartedly agree. As you, you know my thoughts on that, that whole situation. Um, but he came in as um, a set-piece specialist, I seem to remember. Well, we've just signed a defender who's uh, excellent in both boxes at six foot six. So we really should be working on corners and free kicks now, right, guys? And long throws. Yes. Yes to a long throw. Just a shame that we got rid of... Uh, just a shame that Hewitt is injured because he's the only one that thinks he's got a long throw, but... I think a long throw is a weapon. People may laugh, but look how effective it's been for Ben Tozer in his career. More Are you trying to bring at... Exodus Geo Hagen out of his uh, yes. retirement? Is that, <laughs> yes, is that I what am. you're pining for? Yes, I am. Because honestly, you, you know, you can, people can laugh at this, but there's a science behind it. If you've got a long throw and you've got the players that are physical defenders that go up from the back, it, put, it mentally puts something on the opposition team. Look at Wrexham this year, nobody will want to concede a throw in their defensive half because they know it's coming into the box. They know they've got to defend it and it adds the extra level of pressure. When we had Big X hurling those throws, it created a buzz and an excitement around the ground. It's a gen If you've got someone like Aidan Flint, who is big and powerful, who's got a good goal-scoring record, Alfie Kilgore, similar, if you've got that weapon in your armoury, Oh my God, if you're not using it, then there's something wrong. Yeah, but knowing Stags, we'd have Aidan Flint taking them. <laughs> also true. I can I just also say that, that Ben Toes is becoming slightly less uh, uh, imposing uh, in wet weather now because he's denied a towel. That is true. That is true. So the EFL are trying to kill long throws off, but uh, they shouldn't because I think they're an entertaining part of the game. But anyway, 
let's move on because uh, I've just thought of another positive to uh, the Aidan Flint signing, and that is John Joe O'Toole. Now, bear with me, right? I can see you both looking blankly at me. Bear with me on this one. We all know the problem with uh, Mr. O'Toole is the fact that he uh, was growing his hair, and that whereas previously his shaven head, Nigel Clough knew who he was. Since he's grown his hair, Clough has got no idea who he is, right? But Aidan Flint looks like what John Joe O'Toole is aiming to be. So in three months' time, when Clough has not had much sleep because the dog's been keeping him up all night or is under a bit of pressure and he walks into the training ground and gets a bit confused and a, a, bit, a bit muddled, he'll have two people that look like Aidan Flint. One of them will be John Joe O'Toole. So John Joe O'Toole, by association of growing his hair again, might get a game. He is half the size, though, so he'll have to be stood on something. John all Joe right, fair, fair point, but... <laughs> From a distance. As long as he stood in front of Flint. In all fairness, <laughs> I think John Joe O'Toole now becomes redundant in this club. And I, I think, think if yeah. so, if they could find anybody to take him and pay the sort of wages I'm guessing we had to pay him to take mm. to sign that contract, um, I, he'd be off. But yeah. that's the difficulty. He's a well-paid player. At the end of his career, he's in no hurry to go anywhere unless the terms are right. And why and would think, you when he got the contract that he did? And yeah, he's got a lot of injuries as well. And I'm he? guessing there's been some friction somewhere on the line because I don't think that there's a great deal of affection from the, from the club's uh, principal coach and, and the player. That's me guessing. I sometimes guess wrong. I mean, there is the injury thing, but I don't buy all of it. But we have people will argue that we've got better defenders than John Joe at all. But then again, we, 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 we're going back because John Joe at all isn't actually a defender. I think we always. Forget that little nugget information. He's actually a ten. So John Joe O'Toole in the eight games we had him on informal contract saved our season. Correct, he made our oh, season. Yeah, and that was yeah. the reason the club bent over backwards and triple triple Salco to get his signature. Yeah. Um, and it just seems a little bit absurd now that he's become spare and seemingly on the edge of things. But yeah. the recruitment we've just been talking about makes that even more difficult for the lad to get back in the side. I would have thought. Yeah, it does sadly, uh, but that's. Part and parcel of football, there's always one player, isn't there, in a season who suddenly goes from being the star man into the uh, into the, the box of doubt. And unfortunately for for O'Toole, it's it's probably going to be him this year. Many people may say it's Bowery, but I actually don't think it is because his attitude and, and willingness to play everywhere. And it just means that Clough will happily keep him around just in case one of his four goalkeepers, four, all four of his goalkeepers, get injured and he has to put him in goal. <laughs> I think, um, I think, yeah, I think he'll play quite a lot, actually. I don't think he'll play a lot from the start, but I think he'll play a lot of games when you look back at the end of the season. Yeah. He's, well, he's we're bound to have injuries in the middle of the field. where he Yeah, he, he just plays, he play, He could play everywhere. You literally could, a bit like Aikens, you could stick him everywhere. The bonus of Bauer is his height. So he actually, you know, you put him at centre-back and it works, doesn't it? You put him up front, it works. Put him on the wing, put him at left-back, right-back. Just does a job and, and you know, we know how much tough value is that. So I'd be amazed if he still doesn't play 30 games. Do we yeah. think Do we think Flint will be in the team or, or in, in the playing a squad for Saturday? It's a difficult one for me because I think he comes in and his experience probably commands the fact that he, he gets a start. But... If Cargill's fit, him and um, Kilgore have built up a lovely little partnership during pre-season. It's really started to click. So, yeah, and I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to change that. 
I think no, I it would, you've got that trio of, of people that have got a relationship now, which is a keeper and the two central defenders, mm. and you change that only by having a really good reason for it. So it but may I'm, well be about formations. It may well be they broaden the back line to, to accommodate three uh, imposing defenders. Um, if we do, if we do that right off our attacking season, because it will kill our, it will kill the 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 good from attack minded play we've built. Um, what I was going to say on the the, the defensive thing was obviously Flint coming in. He, he signs today, but it's been in the works for for two or three weeks. He's been in and around it. So, and, and a player of his experience, Nick, as well, it, he will be more comfortable than others coming in at, at, at this late stage and you've all you've also got you know the, the cup game on Tuesday night to contend with so if he doesn't start on uh, on Saturday he's definitely going to be the first name on the team sheet on uh, on Tuesday night yeah I, I think he'll go Cargill and um and Kilgore I think he'll play potentially mm. like I say play Tuesday night I don't know how fit he is he might be completely unfit he might be really fit I don't know well, shame, I mean, the two that you need to keep an eye on um, rising fitness is him and Williams, of course. Yeah. yeah. So I think it'll be Kilgore and, uh, and and Cargill, and then maybe Kilgore and Flint on Tuesday night, potentially something like that. I don't know, but because uh, Cooper's not going out on loan yet, has he either? So maybe he not plays. I don't know. Maybe he plays yeah. Tuesday night. I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't think he'll play Saturday, Flint. I think he'll. I think he'll be on the bench. Yeah, I would expect Cooper to go out now. I think he was just sort of around just to keep the numbers up in, in pre-season. And uh, he might get the game in the cup, as you say, or be on the bench for the, for the cup game. But, um, yeah, he'll probably be developed um, outside of the club now. Uh, let's talk pre-season then, because we've spent a good half an hour talking about uh, our new addition and our uh, excellent work in the, uh, the transfer market over the last two windows thus far. Uh, but of course, the last time we were, were on the podcast, it was just, a, a, I think, about a week or so into pre-season. We played our, our first game. We've since now completed all of our pre-season friendlies. I think it's fair to say, Clive, that it's, even though it was a copy and paste in terms of fixtures, it's been uh, a comfortable pre-season. Not too many tests, lots of learning that Nigel Clough has taken on board. And one of the most important things is the fact that in every single game, we've had some really nice attacking moves and, more importantly, put the ball in the back of the net. Well, scored plenty of goals. Um, I'm not sure what we any of us really learned at Matlock because it wasn't anything resembling the team that we would expect to be competing with the, in the season, apart from probably Maris and... Uh, I don't know. We But the other games, you could see what he was trying to, do, to discover and what, what he was trying to put together. And, and I think, yeah, apart from the, the um, Rotherham game, which was always going to be a proper test, um, we've been fairly solid everywhere. Mm. Um, Rotherham scored four goals against us, and quite honestly, we gave them two of them through mistakes. So it's going to be like that, isn't it? But we're not going to be playing Rotherham every week. But let's yeah. be clear about this. There are going to be teams that can offer the same sort of competition as we, that Rotherham did in our league this year. I reckon the top 12 to 15 clubs all have ambition to get out of this league through the promotion system. So it's going to be tough. Nick, what have you made of, uh, of pre-season? Like Clive said, lots of goals. The Rotherham test a little bit different, but all in all, uh, it's sort of gone in a blink of an eye, hasn't it? Yeah, it's gone really quick. I remember the first night at uh, Retford, um, which was obviously pretty much a full, it was a full strength team, wasn't it? The first, mm. you know, both halves, really. Um, yeah, I still haven't quite worked out what, I know he's going for a similar system in terms of formation to what he did last season. I haven't quite worked out how he thinks we're going to get round defences yet. 
um, and the attacking sense. It seems to be a bit try different things, but that's what preseason's for. Um, yeah, we look pretty solid actually. We've got no major injuries, which is always the main thing of preseason, and they all seem fit, which is great. They've all played in the right positions that they should be playing, which is no, you know, everyone's sort of learning the role and who's around them. So I think I think Clough will be happy just to get it out of the way. I think of all the preseason games, we looked at our best, although none of us were there to witness it in the flesh against uh, Hearts. Yeah, it was a very yeah. accomplished uh, result. Yeah, it certainly was. And uh, one of those last-minute tests, I know it was one of those where people say, oh, why are you flying up there and all of that? But when these sort of games come up, you've got to take those opportunities. You've got to take those chances to play them. And having those minutes in the tank is is really good. And we've got to work out against a, a very, very good team. Um, I think in terms of uh, pre-season uh, and what we've, what we've seen... We can talk about the emergence of James Gale a little bit more. We'll, we'll do that later on. I've liked seeing the fact, Clive, that we've had a few of the younger ones um, involved. I do feel that we are moving to a place now where, and I hope it's it's not just been a stunt and that there actually will be some follow through from it, but where we are, we are creating that integrated link between academy and first team and having that reserve, uh, reserve team league in this season is going to be imperative for that as well. Yeah, I mean, we've 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 certainly got a, a large enough establishment there in terms of coaching staff and 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 trainers and, and specialists based up at the training ground, and the training ground itself is is very good, um, and uh, I think you need a return on that sooner or later, and the only way you get a return on it as a football club is to get one or two players that break through and hold their place in the in the, the first team, and that's long overdue. But there are probably five players that have been put on to retain contracts. Any one of those might break in this season. Yeah, hopefully so. We'll uh, we'll see what happens as the season goes on. Uh, before we take a break, let's move from youth to uh, to age and experience. And that is Stephen Quinn. Obviously, missed the last couple of games. Nick through, uh, I think, a bit of a bit of a cold and a bit of an illness. Um, Obviously, a really, really good player for us. We were sort of saying when we were all sat in this room at the end of uh, last season that this season he would probably be a bit part player and sort of start to wind down. But if you if you listen and read between the lines of what Nigel Clough says, he still has him as one of the top players, doesn't he? As one of the most influential ones. And that's the only worry for me is that... At some point, we have to let that go. We we let it go a little bit now with Perch, with Flynn, and the, the signings that we've brought in in defence. When when do we start transitioning from Stephen Quinn to uh, the next? I think it's got to be when somebody proves that they can be more valuable to the team. I think you you drop Quinn out of the team, and we lose more than if you drop most other players out. There's a there's probably a handful of players that when you you drop them out of the team, that the team doesn't perform as well. I think Aikens is probably one of them. Uh, I think Kilgore's another. And I think you'd, I'd have to put Quinn and say that you take him out. We look a different team. We don't. He seems to just drive the team forward himself. I don't quite understand how it works. Maybe it's experience and just the fact that he's played at such a high level uh, and relatively not that long ago. But I think we really do miss him when he doesn't play. So somebody needs to grab that mantle from him and learn from him and sort of um, take his place. But no one's really done that I don't think I think last season when we when he didn't play towards the end of the season we missed him and, and Clough's said already that he thinks in pre-season we've missed him so like you say mm. he's suggested I think if he has a full fit squad Quinn plays every week 
Do we have anybody else in the midfield group that are left left sided strong enough to take that place? Boateng should be. But I know Boateng plays a little bit further forward than Quinn does, but Boateng was the one I thought would would take that mantle. But he's he does play a little bit further forward, or he should do. I know he doesn't for us. I don't think we've we've seen the best of, of Boateng yet. No, nowhere near. Whether, whether we will nowhere or not near. remains to be seen. No. But he doesn't buzz like Quinn does. No, no one mm. does. Maybe it's because Quinn's got smaller runs. legs. He looks to be running faster. But the uh, by comparison, um, Boateng looks l- l- lumberous. Yeah. That could be his style of running, I think, a little bit. He does yeah, run yeah, a bit yeah. languidly, but no one, no one drives the team on like Quinn does, where he's at fullback, then he's up front, then he's in midfield, then he's back again, then he's throwing himself into a tackle. Gets the clock, gets the crowd going, and they, I think we, we haven't got anyone like that when he's not playing. I do feel that if we had a fully fit Ollie Clark, no niggles, no like a, a full-on month or so run of consistency, I think he would be the one to, to potentially take the mantle. But again, he's, he's not too far behind. He was an experienced player. He, he's 30-odd now. He is still our, our, our captain. I, I just I do think we miss him as much as Quinn, but we don't feel it as much because it seems like Ollie Clark is, has been absent for, for so long. He sort of drifts off into that middle safety net ground, doesn't he, Clive? Yeah, when I was doing a mental exercise earlier in the week, I shared it with you. I wrote down mm. all the players and I forgot until right at the end, we had a player called Ollie Clark. And then even then I missed Jordan Bowery off my list. But uh, we have got a big squad by comparison to what we're used to. Maybe yeah. it's because they're all new and therefore not yet injured. I don't know. We Thinking about the Quinn thing again, don't forget, at his best, Mansfield performed really well when Macca was fit and running and you got Flynn, uh, Quinn in front of him. That was a dynamic pairing. So what happens when Macca get recovers and gets his place back and hopefully he merits that and can hold it? That's when we need to be finding someone else that can replicate and replace uh, Flinny when the time comes. Quinny. I'm going to be honest. I think this this will probably uh, upset our friend Carrie Lewin. She probably won't talk to me, which I'm more than happy with. Um, I think Stephen McLaughlin, Nick, is going to struggle to get back in the side if Callum McDonald starts. Well, I've liked what I've seen from him so far. He's athletic. He, he can get stuck into a tackle. He can put a good ball in. He moves well with the ball. I think, uh, you know, we, we talk about our star signings and things like that. I think Callum McDonald, the 25-year-old, he, he's one of those who has certainly gone slightly under the radar. And I don't mind that. No, he captured my attention at uh, Alfreton. I thought he had a really good game there. Mm. Um, he scored a great goal, obviously. That's not what he's there for. But, um, yeah, he, he looks like a good player. It's like he's got pace to get up and down the wing. Um, I think Macca would really struggle at the minute if he if he keeps playing how he has done in pre-season. But you need you need all their options, don't you? you know, they could very easily play 20, 30 games each a season as a full-back. And still, you know, we end up playing about, about 55, 60 games by the time we've finished messing around with various cups. Um, so you could very easily rotate them, but... Yeah, Macca's got to do something to get back in the team. It's just his injuries, and that's the problem. The one thing Macca gives you is the set pieces. Um, that no one's quite took the mantle, I don't think, of his free kicks. Um, it's, all, it's all right, lads. We've got Anthony Hart again. We'll be fine. Yeah. Well, he's in the well, West. You, that's the problem. He can't you'd expect in his absence for Keeler Dunn to be trying to be the yeah, creative would, yeah. free kick player, wouldn't you? You would. Um, I, I do think Macca will struggle. I, 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 you know, it may not be the case, but you, you'd wonder whether Hewitt and Macca will actually ever play a run of games for the club again. I don't know. You know, if Hewitt doesn't come back the same player, 
he's got so much competition at centre back with those three now. Yeah, you know, he's got very little chance of getting rid of Kilgore, and then he's got a, he's got to then outwit another two, um, and then you know, is he going to be competent enough to come back at right back? I don't know. So you may not see Hewitt and Macker again much now. I don't know. That's the thing. Sometimes you do uh, fall in love with uh, long-term players and when they're not in and around it, you think, how are we going to cope with them? And then someone else comes along and steals your love and, or, you know, you you get a wondering eye you're with someone for so long and then you... Are we still talking about the football here? I don't I think... No, I think this has gone very... He's wandered personal. off here, hasn't he? He's... Shall we have a break? Yeah, yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, let's have a break, shall we? Let's, let's, uh, let's do that. And then when we come back... Uh, we'll talk all about how Sky Bet League 2 shapes up uh, this season uh, and look ahead to that game at Crew. Plus, reveal this, this season's brand new rules for podcast predictions. Yes, you heard me right. I said brand new rules. But there's a caveat to that before you get, oh, God, what's Craig done this time? Craig has not picked the rules. Craig is having absolutely nothing-ish to do with podcast predictions this year. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Here on the show for the fans, by the fans, Mansfield Matters, proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Welcome back to the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. So glad to be back together in hope as we look forward to the brand new Skybet League 2 season. As always, keep your comments coming in and get involved in the live feed comments now. Right, let's look ahead then to Skybet League 2 this season. For all the um, signings that we've made, Nick, and the strengthening that we've done to get us in this position to compete, we are going to have to compete this year because arguably this is the toughest League 2 for probably six, seven seasons. Yeah, it's the toughest one for a while. I think the best thing I've seen is that everybody's predicted the league outside of Mansfield has put us about ninth. Whereas for the last three seasons, everybody keeps putting us first. And we know we're not going to finish first. We never do. Never happens. Never will. So everyone seems to have got us under the radar a little bit. And I think I prefer that. Um, the, the, the obvious ones are, I mean, I don't know. I'm not putting county as highly as everyone else seems to put them. I don't know why. I just don't think, I don't think they'll just go straight up and then waltz this league and disappear off into the distance. I think they'll find it tougher than that. But... Wrexham, you've got Stockport, you've got Salford, Gillingham, Bradford. There's so many good teams um, in this league. That some that we know will be up there because they just will be. Bradford, Stockport, Salford, etc. And like you say, you've got the new ones. Plus, that's forgetting the four that have come down. Yeah. No knowledge of how good MK Dons are. You know, when they're in this league, they're normally pretty good. Um, you've got them coming down. You've got Accrington, who are a bit of an unknown. Morecambe have not been in this league for a few years. So... 
It's going to be very interesting, but you're right. It's the toughest for a long time, but maybe that helps us out because we generally tend to do better against the tougher teams. Would you say, Clive, that there's probably 14, 15 sides all vying for the top seven? I would. But all this just reinforces the logic in having a really, really dominant and strong defence. Because even however good they are, they've got to score against you. And if we can really reduce by a substantial amount the number of goals that we've, on average, shipped a season in the last two or three years, we have every chance. Because we, we've proved we can score. We don't have a 20-goal striker, although hopefully uh, Swan will become one. We uh, And I think if we can just score the same number of goals as we did last year and not ship half as many as we did, mm. that's got to be a recipe for us being up there. It's got to be. Yeah. Whatever, I mean, uh, whatever any other team does, it's what we do that matters. Yeah. For me, I think it's just about holding our nerve and starting strong and, and believing. I mean, Mansfield, for me, as a, as a football club, historically, don't thrive under expectational pressure. You look, you look back to when we were um, successful previously, you know, under under Evans, nobody expects us to do anything in the transition between him and Muzz. And then he raised the expectation, managed to snowball it on. Flickcroft, we sort of did the same, did the same thing. And then when poor John Dempster took the reign, the expectation was so, so high, um, it all went drastically wrong. Graham Coughlin comes in and um, makes it even worse. And then Nigel Clough arrives and there is zero expectation. And on the back of that, we have this phenomenal season because we all, we're all just enjoying the joy and the momentum that it's bringing. The following season, because we've got to the playoff final and lost in the playoff final, the expectation just to see where we end up at the end of the campaign and shot up to the expectation of going to get to the, the, the top three. We didn't get to the top three last year. And look what most people were saying. We were all having a, a, a valid and fair and open debate about whether or not we should invest in Clough as the manager at the end of last season. And, and here we are with him in charge again. But he knows the weight of expectation that that's on him. But the biggest thing for me, Nick, is the home crowd the home support it was it was phenomenal the season before last last season it went a little bit flatter we've got record season ticket sales again we just need to keep making noise when things aren't happening because if we make noise the players will thrive and thriving players equals uh, momentum for mansfield yeah it is it is it is a two-way street sometimes you know we we do sometimes the the pitch goes stale and it is hard to invigorate six thousand people who have been coming for god knows how many years and have seen it all before um but the record season ticket sales is phenomenal for for five thousand people to want to spend that sum of money on mansfield you know he's unheard of they were they were big crowds five thousand when i first started coming let alone yeah, you know, a basic—that's your baseline, isn't it? That, that's well, we're not—we're not, we're that not going to have less than six thousand home fans at no, any game. It's this unbelievable, year. and we're going to have some yeah. knockouts. We're going to have some uh, full uh, North stands as well this year. Uh, so the atmosphere on a lot of games is going to be there, and yeah. the switch to turn our play our fans on is on the field. It's effort we, for me. If we get some early adventure into the side, and hopefully a goal coming from it then it switches the crowd on. Yeah. yeah. They don't respond well when we go behind. All of a yeah. sudden, we've become 
and I'm including myself in this, we all just become a little bit fatalistic. Yes, here we go again, merchants, which yeah. I am one of. Absolutely. You know, how many times have you heard there's, there's three ways? There's a, one, there's a good way, there's a bad way, and there's a Mansfield way, or whatever the saying is. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's just as being a little bit sardonic, isn't it? About if anybody can throw it away, it'll be us. You yeah. Know. Yeah, yeah, when we were 3-0 up to Barrow, I was the one going 4-3. Of But, you know, let's just think about when we played um, the team we're playing on Saturday, Crew, last year. We didn't deserve to win that game. They were very much the better side. And we stole it in the last couple mm. of minutes with two opportunist goals. No, let, let's be fair. Jason Law stole it in the last two minutes. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> the joy for me was the reason we had the time to score in extra time was because their blatant time wasting. The guy took a wink to change his lace or something on yeah. the pitch. And in the time that the referee allowed for that, we beat him. There's some justice in the world. And that's going to happen more and more this season with the uh, the rule changes, um, of course. Uh, whilst we're on the subject of crew, then let's have a little look ahead. Them obviously managed by former stag uh, Lee Bell Nick. Um, they were a good side last year, and Lee Bell would have uh, learned a lot from his first full season in uh, in management. What are you expecting from them? Because they're always a tough test. They are always a tough test. I don't see them being up there. If I'm honest, at the end of the season. Um, I don't know a massive amount about who they've recruited. I haven't seen a great deal, but I don't expect them to be up there with, with sort of where we're starting to end, wanting to end up finishing. But the first game of the season is a very difficult one, isn't it, to predict? Um, you don't know what side is going to turn up, how we're going to turn up. I think we take a spirited performance. Obviously, we don't want to lose, but mm. you, know, you, you, just, you don't want to be 2-0 down after 20 minutes, do you? That's the thing. And the first game of the season, you just want to be... Uh, you just want to be at least level at the end of the day so you can come home thinking at least we haven't lost. But uh, it'd be a tough game. I think there was worse games to have at the start of the season than away at Crew. if I'm honest. It's not too far. A lot of Stags fans, you know, we can get behind them. I, I, I think there was worse fixtures to pick. Oh, yeah, I quite you know, like Newport it. away, something crap like that. But I think the Crew starting game, had it been a home or away, is a good one to start. Yeah, with. I would agree, yeah. I, I guested on the Crew podcast this week and uh, they asked me how I thought we would get on and where, did we expect to win? And I said, you know, expectation is a weird and wonderful thing. All I will say is if we are to fulfil our ambitions, and no disrespect at all to Crew Alexandra, Crew is the sort of team we have to win against. Yeah, yeah, can't dis- I can't disagree. I can see why uh, they didn't like you. But I, I is that why they turned your mic off? <laughs> yeah, they muted you or whatever. I don't know. It was funny. Yeah, thank goodness there weren't people like you there, Craig. (laughs) I know. Yeah, they're being nice to everyone. No, I can't be. Can't be doing that. I don't. I I don't need it at all. Um, it's funny. Um, speaking of crew, um, obviously plenty of uh, plenty of people going. Um, nearly sold out the the tickets. I imagine by the time Saturday comes out, those uh, last few tickets will have uh, will have sold out. Uh, If you do want to travel with uh, the Stag Supporters Association, there are three coaches going from One Course Stadium on Saturday. There's a handful, and I mean a handful of seats remaining on the third coach. Um, and uh, Clive will tell you all the details. You think so? Yeah, because Clive will remember the number and I won't. I can't remember my own telephone number, never mind. Where's Alan? Where's Alan when you need Bring him, him back from the Isle of Wight. <laughs> um, yes, I don't know the number. No, it's on the Facebook page. So uh, go is. and find their Facebook page and uh, make sure you take the, the travel line. and Just uh, type SSA into the search. Yeah, and all the details on prices and stuff will be on there as well. 
Yeah, it's very much the same as last year. The, 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 the situation is that uh, members get a better deal than non-members, um, and that's as it, where it should be because they, they pay a membership fee. Um, they're non-alcoholic coaches, so they are family-friendly, and that's quite a you know, quite a serious thing to do. And uh, unlike the club, it's totally cash. Indeed. Uh, that number, if you do want to book, by the way, uh, 07967 689597. 07967 689597. Drop uh, the lovely Joe's out a text uh, or give her a call. Get yourself a seat on the bus. Um, I think it leaves at 11. 11 o'clock from Field Mill, yeah. Yeah, come and, uh, come and join us and come and join the front on the friend family friendly coaches don't forget to get yourself a membership as well right we're nearly running out of time uh, but uh, we've still got a time to uh, get a few predictions in uh, before we talk podcast predictions and new rules and all of that sort of stuff and go into this season's uh, excellent game it is of course the dawn of a new season and the episodes that we we're putting out today is called together in hope because of the glorious bit of the um, of the season which is the split second before the referee blows the first whistle of the season, where everybody is on a level playing field and everybody has got the same ambition and same hope and dream, which is, of course, to go on and get promoted. Ultimately, only four teams from our division will, will do that. Two will go down and the rest will be stuck in League Two for, a, for another season. But we have to make our predictions um, and we're going to make our season predictions. We'll get them from the other lot of the Mansfield Matters podcast who aren't with us uh, tonight. But... Um, let's have a little look how this goes. So, Nick, I'm going to come to you first. Your first category is in what position will Mansfield finish this season? Sixth. You're going for you're going for sixth. Uh, how many points do you think they'll get? Oh, blooming neck! I wasn't prepared for that. That should have been texted in advance on the chat. Somebody write that down. Um, yeah, well, I, I made it up like two minutes ago. So ah, that's to be why then. Um, Sponsored by name is Craig. You know Come what? On. If I go up to six, I may as well go for seven. No, 70, 71 too high for the play. Seventy-one. I don't know. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's far too high for the playoffs. I don't think it is. I think that's about right. Uh, top goal scorer. I really want to say, Mister Aikens. I'm. I'm. I'm surely no. He's someone's going to get more than him, aren't they? Will Swan. Okay, and you've got to put a figure on it as well. How many is he going to score? Fourteen. Okay, and finally, uh, who will be voted? Uh, Mans- who will be voted Player of the Season? Kilgore. Alfie Kilgore. Okay, Clive, same ones uh, to you then. Uh, where Third. are we going to finish? Third. Okay, oh, Clive, the optimistic okay. stag. Eighty-one. Yeah. Eighty-one points. Yeah, top goal scorer. Swan, sixteen. Right. Okay. Yeah, and uh, Player of the Season, Alfie Kilgore. Everyone's going Alfie Kilgore. Um, okay, I am going to go with first because I do it every year because I am optimistic and I'm not a miserable bastard. Um, no, so going first. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I think 92 points will be enough to win it. Um, I'm going to go top goal scorer of, I'm, I'm half tempted to go James Gale. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with... Um, I'm going to go Reese Oates, and I think he'll get uh, 18. I think Wolf Swan will be uh, there or thereabouts as well. Player of the season, um, I'm going to put as Lewis Reed. 
don't know why. I've just got a feeling he's one of those, again, who's... Midfielders never win these things. It's either strikers or defenders. They never win them. Well, this year we are we, we are changing. You're going we are, mad. We are going mad. Always with the outlandish uh, predictions. We'll put these somewhere safe. I'll get Nathan's, Cam's and Allen's and we'll revisit them at the end of this season as well. Just for a little bit of a uh, little bit of fun. Uh, of course, before we move on, let's say a massive congratulations to our Nathan Edge, who was planning to be with us tonight, but a couple of days ago, his world changed again because baby number two arrived as uh, Harry Luke Edge came into the world. So congratulations to Nathan and his partner Emma. Um, Cam needs to stop going on dodgy internet websites and, and talking to people he shouldn't be doing and getting viruses on his computer so he can join us. And Alan is sunning himself on holiday. So, uh, so there you Craig, go. Craig, are, uh, are we doing a forecast for the uh, game on Saturday? Yes, we are. I, I was literally just about to press a button because this season we've, got fa- we've, we've gone fancy. Now, Alan is not with us tonight. And Alan, as we know, is the jingle king. So I've had to try and channel my inner Alan Wilson to create this. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? It's the guessing game that brings you zero fame. But to be the best, you must outguess the rest. So will they win, lose or draw? And what will be the score? In the League of Cup, you just make it up. Because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? Yes, it's time for the guessing game, where which brings you no fame. Win, lose, or draw, what will be the score? To be the best, I can't remember what I wrote, but there you go. Uh, there's a nice little ditty made for podcast predictions, and I can tell you that this year, you know what? I always own R about doing podcast predictions every series because everyone goes, oh, you just changed the rules halfway through, and uh, it's not fair, and then Mason always wins. I'm having nothing to do with podcast predictions this year. Last year, we had a lovely chap called Ben do all of the scoring for us and, and keep control of all that. He's come up with the rules this year. He's come up with the gameplay. He's going to be doing all the scoring. So all I've got to do is press that button on the, the podcast predictions jingle and uh, then write down your predictions and add them um, to the list. So um, first and foremost, your character assassination on the jingle, please, Clive. It was... It was something else. Nick? I I couldn't place where I'd ever heard anything like that before. I'm going to take that as a positive. I, I I'm, I, Yeah, I, it's probably not. But I'm, Clive is I'm speechless, gonna... and that doesn't happen much. Yeah, I, again, I'm going to take it as a positive. So, uh, so there we go. And yes, I will be playing it again. In there, was a bit, there was a bit of uh, rap, a bit of John Barnes in there, and a bit of... Uh, uh, Craig hiding in the background and an awful lot of uh, background music. Yeah, I mean, I was, I did sort of like make it in two minutes, so it's not well balanced. It will be, it, it, it is a temporary jingle because the king of jingles, I am going to get uh, to re record it. So, you know, it's a temporary thing, yeah? It's, it's your, it'll do. It, yeah, it will do. It will do. If you're from Yorkshire, that's high praise. Yeah, that work in Yorkshire. So it's the that's best praise. As good as it gets. I'm, I'm going to take it. Right. Here are the rules which Ben has put together. So this is the guessing game that brings you zero fame. 
And this time I've stepped away from making the rules-ish. It's all on Podcast Predictions Guru Ben. So each week you're going to submit your guesses using the link that's in the description. Or if you're watching this on your TVs right now and not your mobile blowers, um, you can um, view, you can scan that, that QR code and it will take you straight to Podcast Predictions. Um, that's so, fancy, isn't it? That's it fancy, is, isn't it? That. It yeah. is, I know, really pleased with it. So the, here is how the points are going to work this year. So you're going to be guessing the outcome from for Mansfield, e.g. E win, lose or draw, that will get you one point. You're going to guess the goals scored by Mansfield, which are worth two points. The goals scored by the opposition, also two points. And for brand new this year, the man of the match as voted for via the official club platform, that's worth three points. However, there is a bit of a risk. Again, I have to say, not put in by me, if your chosen player does not play, you will lose two points. If all of the above are correct, your score will be doubled and you'll earn a total amount of 16 points. Are you with us so far, Nick? The, the, the Ben's rules make sense. It makes sense. I just don't know what else he's going to do with the rest of his year because he's just going to be doing this all day. He'll have to quit his job trying to work out if so many players played and then they lose two points and... Was he the man of the match and did he not? Was he there? He does, does, I have a question. Does Ben have a, a, a drinking problem? <laughs> Why? He will have after about week three. <laughs> yeah, He's trying yeah. to work out whether Davis Keeler does. You know, I'd hope to have hoped that we'd have a simplification of the rules, not a, Listen, a complicated version. Again, nothing to do with me. Ben has, ben has put these together. I think it's quite simple because you'll know if, you'll know if they've played or not because... You'll, you'll be able to look at the starting lineup. I don't think it's going to be that difficult, to be fair. But just if everyone's got different players, he'll be flicking back and forward. So if I'm predicting well, tonight, I don't know the starting lineup. Well, well, that's it. That's, Wait till after the game, game. Clive. That's the best time to predict it. Yeah. Well, yeah, there are a few caveat rules, and 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 that is, if you make duplicate entries, only your first entry will be counted. So last year on the form, we had some people that maybe. Um, forgot that they'd entered and then did it again and changed the prediction. Um, and sometimes it was quite suspect that it ended up being the right scoreline and everything. So if you make duplicate entries, only your first entry will be counted. Um, predictions can't be influenced as ever by team selection, so it must be made no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff. And uh, you must use, for the, this is for the online form, you must use the same name every week because we don't want 5,000 Steves. I did say ish on the rules because I did add one slight rule, okay? And we are probably going to drop this because I'm going to forget what predictions I've made. So it's going to come back to bite me on the backside as well. And that is you can't make the same prediction more than three times in a row. So last year, Adam, and this is, this is totally on you, Adam Crump, one of our, our viewers and listeners, made the same prediction pretty much week, week in, week out. You cannot make the same prediction more than three times in a row now. So if you're saying that we're going to win 2-1 and the man of the match is going to be Kilgore and you're saying that every week, after the third week, you can't say it. You must change it slightly. Um, more than three consecutive um, identical predictions will result in a yellow card where your points for that week will be halved. Can they be appealed? Can you appeal? No, no, no it can't because then who is going to do the podcast predictions will have all the data on what predictions you have made. So again, I think it would be quite easy to keep a track of, but we may drop it at some point. 
Over the course of the season, there will, of course, be some ad hoc trade rules and trade bonus points and things like that. So, uh, so there you go. Um, yes, Adam is already... I'm already that. knackered. Adam's already said his strategies out the window. Um, with that, Clive, you are, are you not, the reigning podcast predictions champion? I did. I floated to the surface. So, therefore, you get the dubious honour of uh, going first and making the very first prediction this year. So remember, we are looking for the outcome for Mansfield. So win, lose or draw? Win. Uh, the amount of goals Mansfield will score. So we will always go Mansfield goals first and then opposition goals, regardless of whether we're home or away. So Mansfield uh, and then away goals, uh, opposition goals. Zero. So a 2 nil win. And your man of the match as voted for on the club's official platform. Kilgore. Alfie Kilgore. Nick, you're up next. Uh, Stags win. Yep. 2-1. Yep. Uh, and then the man of, is it man of the match next? Yeah. Man of the match, yeah. Uh, man of the, I was going to go Kilgore. That's just copy. I'm just going to stop you. There's no rules against not. There's no rules against choosing the same one. You can. Yeah, I know. I, I'm going to go Kilgore because that's the first. That's my first thought when you go for Elliot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go. Do you hate you? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go for a solid three nil win, and the man of the match. Uh, I am going to give it to. Lucas. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going James Gale. I don't know why. You just lost yourself two points there. I think you're getting deductions. Well, that's the risk that I'm taking. I think he might. I think he might. Oh, she would start. I don't think he will. Doesn't doesn't necessarily. I'm just going to double check the rule in here. Hang on, you can't delete rules. No, no, I'm reading it. It's on. It's on the website. (laughs) Can I just say, at this point, we're in risk of boring every listener to death. They've all gone, Ty. There's no one there. Listen, this is an important part of the podcast. The rules clearly state if your chosen player does not. Play, you choose two points. So I think I'm safe in putting James Gale in because he will play at some does point. It, does that mean he, he has to come off the bench? Yes. All right, okay. Yes. yes. So he has there you to go. tread the turf. Right, got has it. to tread the turf. Even if it's for one second, he has to tread, tread the turf as part of the game. Right, that is uh, that. If you want to find out more about podcast predictions, the link that you need is in the description or you can scan the QR code over there, there, there over there um if you're not watching on your phone right more on podcast predictions uh next week time for that jingle again so will they win lose or draw and what will be the score it's the guessing game that brings you zero fame but to be the best you must outguess the rest so will they win lose or draw and what will be the score in the League or Cup, you just make it up because they're just works of fiction. It's podcast predictions. Will they win, lose or draw? And Alan Wilson will be back in a couple of weeks to do that jingle absolute justice. Right, that is all we've got time for tonight. One final thing before I let you go. Um, and that is your three hopes for this coming season uh, that you want to see Mansfield implement. Clive, I'm going to start with uh, you. Your your three hopes, it can be the same hope, it's absolutely fine. Your three hopes for this upcoming coming campaign before... Are we, talking about on the, are we talking about on the field or within the club? 
within the club, on the pitch, off the pitch, because Mansfield matters. Okay, well, the obvious one is I want us to get promoted. And I expect we will. Uh, the second one is I'd look, like the club to start taking fans more seriously. Uh, and that means, and it brings me to a third one, to improve communication with the fans. I, I'm getting the impression that the a lot of the managers at the club, I'm not at this point including the owners, have very little respect for the fans. I think they see them as an inconvenience. Sorry, that's my view. Nick? Um, my hope is always shirts. That's always my <laughs> That's that's normally number one. You know, as soon as I see a player trip over and get a bit of mud on his arm, it's like right, I'll have that. Um, so shirts is always number one. You know, promotion is, is the, the more attacking football, and I want to see James Gale or and other some young players playing in the first team every week. That'd be one. One and do the bishop I'll, sort the Bishop Street out. It's another one. Yeah, I will go. I will go with the obvious of promotion. I will go with not tinkering. Uh, too much, aka switching back to the five. When you've when you're onto a good thing, know you're onto a good thing, but also be adapt to change. And the third thing, I can't disagree with the the emergence of uh, of young talent. If they're showing progress and promise, don't just do it to tick a box. Do it because the future of the club matters. Let's uh, go forward together in hope. Clive, Nick, thanks as always for your input tonight. We will see you again. Um, uh, next week, as we look uh, back on crew, we might try and squeeze one in before the Grimsby game. But if we don't, we don't. Um, and we'll look ahead to that Morecambe fixture as well. Let's hope that we can start our season with uh, three points away at crew. For now, though, thanks very much for watching, for listening, for all of your comments. Continue the conversation um, on uh, Facebook, on Twitter. And do keep talking to other fans. Why? Well, because Mansfield always matters this is the mansfield matters podcast we're proud to be part of the talk sport fan network a brand new season is upon us let's hope that it can end in glory at long long last good night Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's Mansfield Matters podcast. It's good to be back. Thanks so much for joining us. And thanks, too, to the Mansfield Matters podcast panel. Don't forget to get involved in the brand new podcast predictions game. The link that you need is in the description. I've got absolutely nothing to do with setting the rules this year. It's all down to our podcast predictions guru, Ben. So thanks so much for doing that. The link, as I say, that you need is in the description. Make sure you get involved. And you must submit your prediction no later than one hour and one minute before kickoff on Saturday afternoon. Right, we'll see you next week as we reflect on that season opener at Crew, And, of course, we'll have a little bit about that uh, Carabao Cup game against Grimsby. Unless something major happens on Saturday, in which case we'll be with you on Sunday. We probably won't. You know what the score is by now. Make sure you follow us on social media to find out when we're next to be live. We are at MCFC Matters. Right, here we go then. 46 games ahead of us. We're all together in hope. Can we achieve a dream? Make sure you're following the journey with us here on Mansfield Matters, where we're proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. See you next time. Come on, you stags!
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.